In the not too distant future 2016 AD There was a weirdo guy named Jack Not too different from you or me He sat around his armbar store Just acting nerdy and being poor He did it all with a cheerful face So they gave him a show and they shipped him to LA I'll watch all the wrestling The best I can find Then I'll interview my guests And try to pick their minds Now no one knows what era Jack will talk about today But he'll probably talk about the guys That helped to pave the way Legends Roll Call Ric Flair Roddy Piper Randy Savage Dusty Rhodes You might not agree on favorites Or other so-called facts Remind yourself it's all for fun So pipe down and sit back For Captain Jack's Armbar Emporium Hello and welcome back to the podcast of power With the man of the hour too sweet to be sour This is Captain Jack Heartless and uh, we are at another quarantine edition of Captain Jack's Armbar Emporium here on the Steel Cage Network. Hi, everybody. I hope you are staying safe. I hope you are washing your ass and eating your vegetables, as, not to mention your hands. Uh, you are practicing your social distancing. You're wearing your masks, and you are generally okay right now. So I'm going to uh, be talking about a lot of different stuff. Uh, this is a bit of a grab bag edition. Hopefully give you a couple of ha-has, a couple of things to think about as we go along. And from the other side of the United States, also locked in his house, I have joining me a frequent guest of the show, Mr. Joshua Gavin. Hello. It's been a significant amount of time since I have been uh, on this fine program. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've had some stuff going on. Uh, I've had some some travels, some things that fell apart. Uh, I will say that my main job has been absolute murder right now. Um, not to say that I'm ungrateful that I'm still working during these times. Far from it. But uh, yeah, we're talking about fifty-hour weeks lately with no end in sight, and it's been that way for the better part of two months. So uh, this is why this is the first show in about four weeks. And uh, speaking of, I would be remiss if I didn't give a huge shout-out and a thank you to friend of the show, O'Shea Edwards, for being on the previous episode. Uh, there's hopefully going to be some more really big things from him from coast to coast uh, once everything reopens and it can be done so in a safe way. And all of this is under control. More on that later. But the first thing I wanted to talk about, had to get serious for a moment, and I can hear you getting impatient on that side of the line. Oh Wait. no, I have I have thoughts. Yeah, you I know you have thoughts, but uh, we gotta we gotta bring it down for a minute. Uh, it's my sad duty to report to those that didn't know uh, the sudden passing of Scott Bowden. Um, yes. I don't know if a lot of you are familiar with that name. Uh, I can tell you that this was a friend I had made during the quarantine that I found lived across town from me. 
Um, and, you know, we were starting to talk more often. Uh, I was a patron of his site, MemphisWrestlingTees.com. He had a fantastic podcast about the history of wrestling in Memphis called Kentucky Fried Wrestling, which I still recommend. Uh, the episodes are still up for how long? I don't know. Um, on anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm pretty sure I can guarantee the same engine you get this podcast, you can get those as well. Uh, if I was Captain Jack Hartless, his nickname from the first time I talked to him was Nathan Arizona. That is how I referred to him. Uh <laughs> Uh, to find out that uh, Mr. Arizona was not only a lover of all things pro wrestling and we shared a deep affection for Randy Savage, but to find out that he had also worked in Memphis, worked with Lance Russell and the Lawlers and Bill Dundee and uh, Jack and got his ass kicked by Jackie Moore on on television and worked the Mid South Coliseum. Uh, we had talked. Probably about a week and a half, two weeks before his sudden passing about, uh, you know, doing an episode swap about me uh, appearing on Kentucky Fried Wrestling. I was really excited to talk about Randy uh, Savage in Memphis, uh, something that a lot of folks talk about, but was some really cool stuff that blurred the lines between reality and fiction. And I was very excited to have him on here as well. As, as this quarantine wore on, um, as you can tell by this point, it, it's not to be. Uh, to hear of his sudden passing a few days ago at the age of 48 was just a, a gut punch to me. And I'm not claiming to know him half as well as a lot of folks who have done tributes to him have. I know that uh, all the surviving members of the Lawler family have. Um he was name-checked on uh, Conrad Thompson's podcasts uh, this week and talked about in the Wrestling Observer, places like that. Um, I don't have the authority to do that. All I know is that I, uh, I've, I've felt awful about it um, for his family, uh, for, for those that know him. Uh, 48 is way too young to go out. And I know that between the podcast and between the publicity work he did out here in Los Angeles, uh, you know, he left the pro wrestling business to be a publicist and to do uh, a lot of like ad, ad and promotion work for big Hollywood movies and was good at it. And um, I doubt that his, his family or anyone will ever hear this, but uh, – a, a really good dude, a dude that I was looking forward to as soon as we got let out of our houses, going and grabbing some food with and, you know, sitting down and really, really getting into it and making some amazing content. Um, yeah, I it's really weighed on me lately, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention it and uh, send my love and thoughts to his family and to his friends. I had um, first heard his name from you when you put me on to the Kentucky Fried Wrestling podcast. Um, I hadn't gotten a chance to listen to it yet, unfortunately, because I have been trying to stay afloat for the last several months. Um, I don't remember when the last time I was on, but I had a job. And now I don't have a, jo a full time job, but it's it's been 
and you know this, it's just been back and forth trying to stay stay afloat. So my podcast listening has become very limited to yours, Pod Van Dam, and one or two others here and there. So unfortunately, I didn't get to it. So I do hope that they keep them up for posterity. But uh, again, best all the best to his family and loved ones and all those who knew him. I saw Bix had posted something about him, I believe, and people in that circle as well. Yeah, um, I highly also recommend uh, the treasure trove of stuff on YouTube um, that still exists from the 90s in Memphis. You know, uh, the angle that saw him go from being a crooked referee to the manager of a heel, Jerry Lawler. And uh, the anecdote he told me of his first interview in front of two million people on Saturday morning in Memphis and standing next to him, his only lifeline was the incomparable Lance Russell. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's just really sad, um, for the, for the time, the little bit of time that I knew him, you know, really cool, really funny guy, um, Godspeed, Nathan, Arizona, um, I don't know if there's anything beyond this, but I would like to think that you and I will finally get that, uh, We'll finally get that shot in if there is. So, having said that, there really is no uh, good segue out of that. But uh, I've been trying to keep myself occupied with the positive stuff while we've been off. Um, I, I will volley to you because you have been doing something really cool as a way to keep people engaged, be they fans or independent wrestlers, and as a way to actually get money back to some of these independent wrestlers. And it involves uh, maybe the my favorite uh, pro wrestling video game of the last 15 years, and that is Fire Pro Wrestling World. So I was sitting here in my bedroom, bored out of my gourd, um, talking to some friends, and I remembered years ago on some wrestling message board, we would all pick teams on a different Fire Pro game, and we'd simulate tournaments. And this is before the advent of Twitch and all this different stuff. And I thought, why not? I've got a couple hundred Twitter followers. I'll tweet about it. If people want to do it, we'll do it. I'll broadcast it. I'll pop my headset on and do commentary for it in the best one-man shitty booth that I can. Um, trying not to awaken people in the house when it's late at night and we're doing it. And it's gone tremendously. We did like a mini show tonight. Um, we had, we've done two tournaments so far. We did a six man tag tournament and then a tag team landmine deathmatch tournament, which have both been great fun. People have seemed to love them. Uh, the first turn, the trios tournament was won by culinary comp of Guy Fieri, Walter, and Nigel McGuinness. The second one, the Tag Team Landmine Deathmatch Tournament, was won by Blackjack Mulligan and Amazing Red, who sweeped everyone with one hold the whole way through the brain claw. And it's just been a ton of fun. So the winners of the tournaments have be I've been like, here's 20 bucks, buy a shirt, support an independent wrestler. So as these grow, I'm obviously I'm looking to maybe get sponsors. Well, I've got ideas. There's a lot of stuff in the works for it, but my hope is that it gives people something to watch. It gives people something to do other than 
sit there and scroll their phone and just be like, oh, I can't wait till I can go out and eat. Like, it's it's disheartening. Like, I know it is because I'm sitting here going through it, too. Yeah, um, I really was glad for the entertainment. I kind of had it on in the background because both of the tournaments had been during work days. Uh, a, a ton of my days have been work days lately. Uh, it's been some entertainment. I know that I had gotten as far... Actually, I got bounced in the first round. Uh, of, of the first the, tournament, yeah. And I was the odds-on favorite going in as my team was called... Uh, Team Aces, Aces high. high Fly Flow, and it was uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Mitsuharu Misawa, and uh, Kazuchika Okada. So I was I was the overwhelming favorite just from a pure, you know, S tier members on paper, and and got beat. I actually got beat after uh, 58 minutes by uh, Murder Dads, which was um, Minoru Suzuki. Yes. Katsuyori Shibata and Pentagon and Jr. Yep. And who and whose whose team was that? That was my girlfriend's team. They they did a thirty minute draw and I said ah 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 we ain't doing it like that. Start it over. And the and the hilarious thing about the draw was that at the very end Penta hits the package pile driver, covers one two time expires, and then the next match so where we. Pop it, we rematch it. Penta hits a package pile driver on the floor to Tanahashi, throws him in, and Minoru Suzuki immediately locks in a choke sleeper and puts Tanahashi to bed. And it was the the sound that I made when it happened was absolutely hilarious. Like I was blown away that it was just like because you were the favorite going in. Guy Fieri was not the favorite to win, and he did. It's ridiculous. Guy Fieri uh, lost in the first round of the tag tournament, though. Yeah, I got all the way to the semifinals, and then I lost on some bullshit. Was it bullshit, though? It was bullshit. Considering I fucking German suplexed Mike Quackenbush (laughs) from the ring into the first row, beyond the guardrail clean... (laughs) How I didn't did. win that match is fucking beyond me. Uh, like, the team I had was the Kings of Violence, which is uh, Brody King and Chris Hero. And yeah, the, the fact that I did not win that tournament is just gross. Uh, it was, but the team that you lost to was the, the sentimental favorite, for, which is probably the worst word to use describing the two people that were on it. But it was... It was a fun tournament. Um, I'm, I've got more plans in place. Um, I think that tomorrow my little brain trust is going to get together and we're going to try and draft up a draft and like how we're going to do like maybe round robin style tournaments, um, something big, something big. And then I want to get sponsors like maybe my boss is at fully gimmicked or somebody we can put something together. And I, I look forward to whatever that may end up being because I don't know. But there's ideas in the works. I've been downloading more people, so the roster will be even bigger. Um, and, and people forget that there's that whole New Japan roster there. Most everyone's just pulling off the creative side. 
And it's it's been a ton of fun seeing some of the teams people have come up with. Uh, somebody did Stevie Ray and Hideki Suzuki. Like there's there's been some fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, it's it's really pissing me off that I didn't win one of these so far. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. You'll get there. Um, I think uh, Austin, who had the team team black Jack Mulligan and amazing red. Um, <laughs> He so he and uh, the culinary comp so they had a match tonight on stream um, to decide who was the champion of champions and it was the brain claw again. Jesus. Um, and it was an eight man exploding barbed wire ropes match where the teams were Doctor Wagner Jr., Lord Stephen Regal, uh, Blackjack and Red against B Arthur, Guy Fieri, Walter and Nigel. And Walter went down to the brain claw. Damn. It was it was absolutely wild. Um I just got Eric Stevens today and it looks tremendous. So I'm gonna try and see if and I know he has a PS4, so I'm gonna see if I can't prod him into into getting involved with me on it. Yeah, speaking of Eric Stevens, uh my my hopes of ever getting him on the podcast is as minimal as they ever were truly dashed he essentially said fuck you and fuck your podcasts and i'm like that's everyone yeah um i'm sad about it but that's fair like he's got he does have two kids and a business and like a million other things going on so he's he's got enough on his plate like i said in an ideal world to have him on you know my fondness for his work as i've grown up in florida and would go to shitty armories to watch him and roderick strong beat the absolute dog shit out of each other. But yeah. So, um looking forward to the next one. Uh I've I've already called my shot and said that I am buying a Sex Ferguson shirt <laughs> with your winnings. Uh, with my winnings, absolutely. Sex Ferguson, the legend that said <laughs> if it don't fold, if it don't fold Come in an envelope or snort. I don't accept it as a form of payment. Um, Talk and Shop is back, by the way. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. It's only been back for I think since the right around the time the episode with O'Shea came out. Uh, go listen to it immediately. Friend of the show Rocky Romero has prevailed on the recently released uh, Doc Gallows and uh, Machine Gunka to uh get it back on the air worst podcast ever uh their title for it not mine never fails to make me laugh like an absolute idiot and i i i am afraid that doc gallows is going to actually start that second podcast that he talks about that i will not name on this podcast but oh god am i afraid that he will actually do that one day Oh, are, are we going? Are we going all the way back to uh, talking shop the movie, and we're talking about cock torturers? Yes, uh, he was, they wouldn't even say the name when they first relaunched talking shop, and then Gallows and Anderson uh, were part of the World Wrestling Federation uh, budget cuts that they didn't actually have to do. And anyway, um, oh, but we'll good get for, there. Oh, we'll get there. I I don't even want to talk about the Spud thing. I'm so mad. Uh, we're definitely gonna get there but uh before we do 
You know, normally I'm never one to turn on a good segue, but I, I want to I wanna keep it positive here for as long as I possibly can because I've got a shitload to say about that. Uh, I, on uh, pure happenstance, saw a tremendous documentary today, the day that we're recording this, and I wanted to give a special shout-out. Uh, somebody I hope that I could get on the podcast. I realize we probably have fewer degrees of separation than one would think at first glance. And uh, that person is Christopher Parsons. I feel like a lot of you would know him better as Magnum CK. Uh, I had the opportunity to see his documentary Magnum's Opus today. Um, as I am a subscriber to YouTube Premium, it's also available on Amazon Prime. It was awesome. I it aired on IWTV it. as well, I believe. Uh, that I didn't hear about. I With the ad that I had seen that, that drew my interest in the first place, the only two that I saw mentioned were YouTube Premium and Amazon Prime. But if it's on IWTV as well, great. Uh, any, any avenue that you can find to watch this and support, I highly recommend it. Uh, man, talk, talk about a guy that I feel like a mind meld with. And the way we the way we think about wrestling is incredibly similar, um, you know. Much much like I did the first time I met RJ City, it was just like, where has this person been? <laughs> all, all my life as a wrestling fan, uh, very similar feeling as I watched Magnum's story. Um, sad ending. Definitely bummed that we're not going to get more from him. Uh, bummed that, that I missed is, uh, his initial run in AIW, to be quite honest. That is, uh, so Magnum's Opus said that was the end, but before everything went fucking sideways in the universe, he made his return. Did he? And it looks, and now obviously he didn't, hasn't wrestled again yet, but the implication seemed to be that Magnum is back. Now I could be wrong. You could pull this up in three months from now and be like, ah, Gavin was wrong. And I'd be like, okay, cool, not the first time. But that was, I believe, the implication. Um, it's I am excited to see where that goes. Um, AIW has kind of become an extra home to me. Um, I've, I went to their, their quote-unquote WrestleMania show um, it, this past summer, and it was tremendous. Um, and it was there that I also saw – and I'd seen them before, but the team that I consider to be the best unsigned team in the world to infinity and beyond of Colin Delaney and Cheech Hernandez. Um, they're so good. Like there's, they're everything you want to do, but I digress. AIW, excuse me, has become a another home to me because those shows are just such a good atmosphere. They've got the venue, they've got the crowd. It's, it's so good. I can't recommend it highly enough. They've got a ton of shows on IWTV, They've got stuff on smartmarkvideo.com. You should buy them because they certainly need the support right now more than ever. But that is, but Magnum's Opus, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, um, I kind of reversed engineered it backward in my head. And with uh, his stable, the production, and I, you know, we had just missed meeting one another at when I worked the collective, uh, in Jersey City, but as part of the collective at that time was uh, one of his stablemates and somebody that I w had the pleasure to finally make the acquaintance of in person after 
after talking from a distance, and that was uh, a uh, a very nice and very evil boy by the name of Danhausen. Very nice, very evil. So uh, Danhausen, who I just messaged back and forth with today about Alien Day and the crazy things that we wanted to buy but could never afford, like an eight-foot-tall alien statue that each of us could have in our houses for the paltry, quote-unquote, sum of $8,000 apiece and talk through them like walkie-talkies. <laughs> but alas, it was not to be. That is a... Everything about that is something that I would like. I have uh, I have spent my fair share of time around Dan House, and he is a very nice, very evil boy, and I cannot say enough good things about him. He he's great, but um, I I don't want to draw too much in, um a focus away from Magnum CK here because again, uh, yeah, theater background, performing background, uh, also a Rocky Horror guy. Just like me, so I I would love to uh, be able to talk to him and see, you know, how many degrees of how few degrees of separation there actually is between the two of us. Uh, I know he met his wife. He mentioned during a production of Rocky Horror. Uh, so I was like, awesome. This is my kind of people for sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely a fan. Uh, putting out the call in public would love to have him on the podcast to promote whatever or to just uh, shoot the shit. Not sure if he is pro or anti-podcasts. Uh, I guess we'll see. Um, I also know that he is a huge devotee of Andy Kaufman, much like I am. So again, another big, big win there. Uh, gotta, gotta say, uh, on that note, without uh, giving too much of the ending away, I, I definitely teared up during the end of the movie. In the end of the documentary, I'm not going to say much more about that, but uh, I recommend it very, very much. I, I just looked; it is on IWTV currently. It doesn't. I would assume it's there forever, but who knows? If you have an independent wrestling TV subscription, go right on over there, watch it, or sign up with uh, with promo code Absolute for five days free. Yeah, I know there's different promo codes floating around out there. I knew there were some that went as long as 20 days. I don't know if that's still the uh, they, uh any of those are still they, valid. I don't think that I think they've all been moved to 5 days because it's it's a business at the end of the day and unfortunately giving away 20 days for free wasn't quite working out. Uh that's a bummer. But there's a but there's a lot of great stuff on there. There, like genuinely, so many like wrestlers I've discovered because of IWTV. I mean, and promotions I've discovered, and and if if this alone doesn't sell it to you, the entire Chikara backlog is on there, and that's just that's worth the ten dollars a month easily. I'm looking right now, 357 Chikara events. Wow. And and also, keep in mind, uh, they just signed a deal, if we're talking about IWTV, uh, with Defy. Yes, they did. To broadcast all of their events and have them um, as part of the library. And I know um, just announced uh, they're doing May is tournament month on IWTV, and they're going to be showing all of the various um, tournaments – or showcasing a ton of different tournaments. And I think on Friday, May the 1st, they are doing King of Trios 2011, which is one of my favorite tournaments. 
like top to bottom, some of the stuff that you'll see on that is incredible. My favorite match of the tournament wasn't even part of the trios tournament. It was a singles match between El Generico and Sean Waltman. That is absolutely incredible. That's insane. That is maybe my favorite car singles match ever. Like I'd have to really think about it, but that is surely like right up there on the list. Yeah, that's that's a match I never knew I wanted to see, and until I just learned of its existence just now. <laughs> uh, I watched re- that. Um, one and one of the notable teams in that tournament was uh, the team of Mike Quackenbush, my dear close personal friend Jigsaw, and someone I think you might be a little familiar with by the name of Manami Toyota. Ah, yes, Manami Toyota. Um, and also, unfortunately, this this tournament came. Just I want to say like two weeks after the passing of Larry Sweeney, so it was dedicated to him. And that same year, they did the 12 Large Summit um, to crown the first Grand Champion in memory of him as well. And it's it's a rough watch, especially if you love Larry Sweeney's work like I do. I do. But um, I know you were there from for all of the Sweeney and Ring of Honor, and you know just. Larry Sweeney was someone who would have been a millionaire and I, and to steal a line from him, ain't no doubt about it, baby. Like he, he would have been a millionaire. Uh, one of my, well, yeah, we'll, we'll translate. Uh, we'll, uh, th- this is a good segue. Cause I did want to talk about sweet and sour a little bit, but, uh, I again want to throw that out there. Uh, Magnum CK, Please come on the podcast. I, I feel like we would have so much to talk about, and maybe only 20% of it would have even necessarily have to be about wrestling. Uh, holy crap. That would be awesome. I want to get that going. Uh, but yes, I did want to talk about Larry Sweeney. I wanted to talk about something amazing that my uh, my good friend, um, Pollyanna DIY, just did. He uh, received special permission to not only uh, do a limited reprint of the sweet and sour logo shirts in uh four colors uh of which i got the the bright pink one naturally um he received special permission to do a enamel pin of the texarkana championship belt and uh all of the proceeds went to uh and and again i have to look this up because the name of the uh, charity escapes me but it was a charity that uh, that helped Larry out a lot and that he felt very strongly about when he was still around. Um, but yeah, over 300 shirts sold. Uh, I think it was north of a uh, 100 pins sold as well. And all of the profits for that went ahead and were donated by Pollyanna to the charity. Um, just an amazing thing to do. And an amazing way to remember Larry Sweeney on the anniversary of his death. That just, just passed. And it's, it's very, and it's very poignant too to think about, um, just Larry Sweeney. People forget that he was a wrestler first and then a manager in a lot of ways. Um, because as much as his work in Chikara was so potent and so important, the stuff in Ring of Honor is what got him noticed. Uh, they didn't 
on one of the shows in 2009 when Flair came in to like, you know, make alimony money or whatever Ric Flair was doing in 2009, probably trying to pawn his Hall of Fame ring or something of the sort. I digress. He was there and they did this video of Larry Sweeney and Ric Flair together. And then it like Larry wakes up and it was all a dream. And it's in the bonus features to a DVD. I will have to ask Hagador on which one it was in. But it is some of the best content you will ever watch in your life. So funny. And just everything Larry touched turned to gold. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, my favorite moment is from King of Trios, and it was the strut off to Jive Soul Bro between Larry Sweeney and the one-man gang who he got to transform into Akeem the African Dream for 30 seconds. That was trans- That was King of Trios 2008, I believe, and that was just <laughs> unreal. Um, and again, all this stuff is on IWTV. Like, it's it's all there. It's all available. Yeah, um, and I just got the final count. It's for Thresholds, uh, for their center's uh, very close uh, personal favorite promo- um, charity of Larry Sweeney's. Uh, 334 shirts sold and 100 of the Texarkana Television Championship pins. And all of the profits went to Thresholds. That's so good. Like, as someone who you all know does not have the greatest mental health and is finally in therapy, look at me go. Um, It's not cheap, and I'm getting really – my wallet's getting really bad about it. But I digress. Um, But as someone who struggles a lot, I've seen firsthand – and I hope he doesn't mind me kind of saying this. um, I was struggling a couple months ago because I didn't think I was going to be able to afford my next therapy appointment. And Jigsaw reached out, and he paid for it. And I will never, ever be able to repay that beautiful puzzle-faced man. Like, he's... Jigsaw is a top-tier human being who I don't think gets enough credit for how good he is as a wrestler, and he's an even better person. And I know how hard Larry's death hit him, and I, I don't want to say that was the impetus for him reaching out to help, because we've been friends for a couple years now. I mean, he's someone that, like, if I get married, he's getting invited to my wedding and what what have you. But he's a very good friend, and I don't know how I could ever repay him, but I know that Larry touched a lot of people and inspired them to be better and help people, I think, through, unfortunately, his passing. You see Eddie Kingston talk about it all the time. You hear even the regularly stoic Mike Quackenbush talk about it. Ultramantis Black. All of these people were touched by having Larry in their life. Chris Hero, Claudio Castagnoli, Cesaro, Cassisono, whatever you want to call them, like were touched by Larry. And Bryce Remsburg, too. Um, there was a – it was Egos Amigos, I think, with Bryce and Eddie Kingston, and they talk about Larry a little bit there, and it's just – there's a Eddie Kingston did a promo about Larry and it's incredible. Like if you can find, it, I think it's on YouTube, track it down, like support charities like that. I know that the next stream that I do for of a tournament or something, will probably go to thresholds as well because I want to support them because I know that Larry believed in it. And it's something that I believe in now as someone who's going to therapy and is actually seeing it work. I remember I went for the first time and my girlfriend met up with me afterwards for lunch 
And she looked at me, she's like, you look like a different person already. You look like there's a weight off your shoulders. And I hope other people find that you will attest. I am stubborn as can be. It was like pulling teeth to get me to do it because I was broke and I didn't have the money. Mm -hmm. But now I, it's changed my life. Like there, there's still a lot to work on. Like I'm still a dumpster fire. Don't let this spiel fool you, but it's helping. There is help out there. And it sometimes you've got to find the right person that listens and understands in the right way. And I've lost a lot of friends who couldn't get help, couldn't afford help. And I hope that with my current ventures that I can start affording to help people out who may not be able to afford their next appointment or whatever it is. So if you're in pro wrestling and you feel like you need therapy or you want therapy or you want to get help or you want someone to talk to, like my DMs are open on all my social media. Um, I'm, I believe yours are as well. And I know you'll never turn away, turn away someone who needs you. Um, there is help. There's people out there who will help you find someone to talk to if they can't help you necessarily. But it's hard opening up to a stranger. Trust me. My manic episodes are the only reason I can do it. And it's and that's also kind of sad, but we're not going to get into that. It's there is people there are people out there who are willing to help. You just got to reach your hand out and someone will pick you up and pull you through the through all of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I second all of that. Uh, DMs are open. You know, don't don't ever feel like you can't talk to somebody. Reach out to somebody. Uh, I also am a big proponent of a, any sort of uh, crisis helpline. You know, those folks are are trained to help out in situations like that. And if I'm not mistaken, the vast majority of them cost you nothing. So don't feel like you have no resources, especially at a time like this, because they are out there. And uh, they are. The world's better around with you. And the world will be better with you around in it, especially when everything comes back. And one thing I will say is, like I said, I've used crisis helplines myself before. And for the way that I emote and I cope, the helpline can get me through it in a pinch. But I know that's not for everyone. And because of obviously um, what some YouTubers have taken to calling the Backstreet Boys reunion tour so they don't get demonetized for talking about the pandemic. Um, they are, uh, I've been doing my appointments via video and it's been hard because I live with family and I don't necessarily want them to hear everything. So I try and schedule my appointments when they're going to be running the necessity errands and all that. But definitely the in-person appointments help me more. And if you don't know what helps you more, then definitely try the crisis helplines. And if that doesn't work, then you know. But you always should know that they're there for you. And in a pinch, sometimes that's all you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it is a tough time right now. Uh, everything in the world seems to be on pause at best. Um, I, can, I can definitely relate to that. Uh, stuff that... Uh, you know, a thing, things that I had been uh, trying to book that are in the works seem to be on hold indefinitely. They're talking about in California, for example, that we will not be able to have public gatherings until after the new year. Possibly. Which is insane. It is. Uh, although I would be remiss if I didn't say that I think uh, Governor Gavin Newsom out here um, has been really leading the way as far as response to this. 
with uh, how early the lockdown happened in San Francisco and then very quickly afterward happened in Los Angeles as well. Um, it's it's no joke, guys. If you need any more evidence that uh, this is bad and it's bad for people that are, you know, that are younger and not, not just the elderly, uh, folks our age are having heart attacks and strokes from after contracting COVID-19 and dying from those. So please stay the fuck home. Wash your ass, wash your hands, eat your vegetables, wear your mask. Also wash, also wash your vegetables. That that's true. I, I, I would recommend that too. Yeah, Except <laughs> don't, wa- don't wash mushrooms. They absorb too much moisture. And then when you cook them, it's a nightmare. I learned that from all of the quarantine YouTube I've been doing. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of cooking myself. Uh, mostly good results. Uh, we'll we'll see. If you have any recipes, go ahead and shoot them to at Jack Heartless on Twitter. I'm uh, I'm fascinated. I'm always looking to uh, switch it up. I've been doing a little of everything from uh, you know from baking to grilling to instant pottery uh, and everything I don't in between. Know. I don't know why when you said instant pottery, like you were just summoning like jars and clay pots and things, but that was what my brain pictured when you said instant pottery, not you using your instant pot. It was, yeah, it was a, uh, it was supposed to be a descriptor of the thing that I, the, the action that I was performing, but, uh, obviously it didn't work. Anyhow, uh, one more positive thing I want to talk about. Uh, and somebody who's making amazing content, somebody who I'm putting out in the universe I would love to have on the show, somebody that has been mentioned on this uh, show uh, a couple episodes back uh, by friend of the show Chris Damasino. That is Joseph Monticello, and I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, If you're not familiar with that name, he is a video essayist from the Philippines who... um, Honestly, has been doing the most scholarly work, the the best narrative work on pro wrestling that I've seen in a long time. I cannot recommend it enough. He is just finishing a trilogy about uh, Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGuinness and uh, their feud in Ring of Honor. Uh, and it is in three parts. It is meant to uh, echo an operatic structure, and it uses the parallel of the film Amadeus uh, with the feud between Mozart and Salieri as a narrative device. It's brilliant. You have to watch it, especially if you're obsessed with music like I am. Holy shit. Uh, It is so fucking good. And the parallel of Nigel as Salieri and Brian Danielson as Mozart. Just perfect. Perfect. And and to say nothing of his ongoing series that's been going on for a while, uh, Walking the King's Road, which breaks down and explains the origins of the King's Road style in New J- in uh, All Japan, I'm sorry, in the 1990s, goes all the way back to the creation of the Triple Crown you know, with uh, Tenru and Jumbo Saruta and Stan Hansen and, and Steve Williams and Terry Gordy feeding over that and the, the rise of the four pillars of heaven of Masawa, Akira Tawe, uh, Toshiaki Kawada, and uh, my personal favorite of the four, Kenta Kobashi. It's 
just amazing right now. Uh, where they are currently in the timeline is Jumbo Saruta just found out that he was ill and he never got to have the big blow-off match with uh, Masawa to pass to fully pass him the torch and have him win the Triple Crown Championship from him. Uh, and that's 1992. So when he picks up at the next episode, inevitably we're, you know, we're in it. Masawa will be the man, and we're off to the races from there. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough. You can support him one time or monthly on uh, Kofi, much like I am. That's ko-fi.com. Uh, definitely go give him your money. He's uh, absolutely fantastic. And again, hopefully this reaches him somehow and he has some interest in uh, doing the podcast all the way from the Philippines. Love to have him. I'd love to uh, to talk about some of this stuff. And he, I know he did a video on the trilogy of matches that uh, friend of, that both friends of mine, Jonathan Gresham and Zack Sabre Jr. had in Beyond Wrestling in 2016. So it's... It's he's done a lot of great work and like said so that so I am as anyone who knows me knows a huge like old school Ring of Honor snob which is hilarious considering my disdain for the person who brought all of that together but it's that was what shaped my independent wrestling it was that and Chikara were like my my vices like I would watch King of Trios 2009 over and over and over again like. My senior year of high school, I didn't go to prom because I was somewhere, and then I was watching King of Trios. It was – there is very much a case of, like, that shaping the taste in, I have in wrestling. And now, I mean, my taste has changed a little bit. I am I am becoming more curmudgeonly, which I didn't think was possible about my wrestling. But it's very much something that – like that era of Ring of Honor deserves to be looked at under this microscope because so much of it does hold up. And I mean, you can also listen to podcasts like an honorable mention with uh, Shane Hagedorn and Jeff Schwartz. And then through the years with Trevor Dame and his co-host, whose name is escaping me. And I feel like a real asshole for forgetting it, but there's so much of that stuff that holds up and doesn't hold up. And some of the stuff that doesn't hold up is hilarious to hear get broken down. Like some of that commentary. Oof. I I could do without ever hearing it again. Uh, yeah, for me it is uh, Dave Prezak or nothing. Yeah, Prezak and Leonard were like the the goat team. Though I will say, in uh, with with the villain taking over kind of the book in Ring of Honor and this that the other, I have been watching more, and I do really like Ian Riccoboni and what he's been doing with uh, the commentary there. I think that he is coming into his own a lot he's been doing it for several years and he's very very good yes um like it a lot uh i will say yeah i will say uh lapel yeah pals uh ian riccoboni who has been rocking our uh retro roh stuff um along with uh you know our pals in villain enterprises and things like that they were really they'd really turned the ship around there and uh it sucks that the momentum was broken up by this because and they had a head of steam going into uh, the anniversary weekend and past versus present. I know big boss uh, JB was getting in his car and was on the way out there when they canceled it for, uh, for the good of the general public. And unfortunately I know that, you know, people are going to kind of, it's, 
it's weird to say that the company owned by Sinclair Broadcasting are the most more or maybe the most morally upstanding of the major wrestling companies in the world right now. Like it's, I mean, other in, in the states anyway. Um, just for the they canceled shows through the end of May and are paying everyone their full money. Anyone who was booked for them for any of the shows, even if they were non-contracted, got the paydays for those. Um, that was brought to my attention a couple days ago. Yes, uh, even those that were booked for specifically a one and done for the uh, women's championship tournament they were going to hold or for the pure championship tournament is my understanding uh that those folks did get their fee that was agreed upon yeah and that's and that speaks a lot to i think the changing of the guard within ring of honor and some of that because there's like they didn't have to do that like but they chose to absolutely and that is because at the end of the day the the non-contract bill is you get paid when you go to work kind of thing just like and it's but it's good that ring of honor didn't i hope it's a precedent that people will continue to go through with it you know it has been one of those businesses that for the vast majority of its lifespan in the public consciousness the the narrative has been if you don't work you don't eat uh in pro wrestling so yeah kudos to them for doing that uh however this brings us to our final topic of the evening. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know, a, a lot about the responses uh, from the big two to this. Um, I will say I was, until very recently, um, a, a fan of how AEW was responding to it in the fact that they filmed about two months of stuff with folks social distanced and cleaning down the rings and everything in an undisclosed location <laughs> Um, pretty much had taped up to or through, depending on who you talk to, uh, their next pay-per-view at the end of May, double or nothing, uh, regardless of whether it was going to happen or not. Uh, was glad to see that they were taking this seriously. Um, it also had resulted in some hilarious content uh, from the Young Bucks filming in Jesse Hernandez's ring set up on the tennis courts on their property. Um, while people trade off being cameramen and, you know, they were making lemons out of lemonade. And then when, uh, the state of Georgia made what uh, it's not a stretch to say is a very short sighted, very ill-advised, uh, decision to reopen quote unquote, the state, uh, next week, uh, the AEW front office through Cody had announced that they would be back to live tapings for AEW in two weeks. Now, whether he meant that this was going to be a resumption of arena shows or that or just uh, smaller shows, but there's still going to be a crowd. Uh, I think it was the wrong move. I absolutely think it's the wrong move. I think that, you know, there are several parties who I'm not going to go into. Uh, within that company who have been talking about, you know, opening the country back up and why are we doing this and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, the majority of the folks there seem to be, you know, listening to science and reading and understanding that this is not just the flu, but there's a couple of a couple of holdouts, disappointingly so, 
that still think that this is not a big a deal as it may being made out to be and echoing this the uh, sentiments of these knuckleheads out parading in the streets talking about how this is a, a a scam and this is taking away our tyranny and all this stuff like that people are fucking dying people my age are having goddamn strokes after um contracting covid this is not funny it's not a game um so i just i'm disappointed definitely disappointed in uh AEW's decision to resume their live shows. I do strongly hope they can reconsider. Uh, shutting the shows down would be the smart way to go. And I think, and somebody posted this on my social media, and I'm not trying to get super political, but it's actually an incredibly calculated move on uh, Governor Kemp's part because here's the situation: he mandates restaurants reopen, whether if I'm a restaurant owner, whether I reopen dining rooms or not, if I file for business interruption insurance, it doesn't go through because I'm allowed to operate full capacity. My landlord can demand all their money. My furloughed staff that is collecting unemployment insurance have to come back to work or I have to let them go. Their unemployment insurance then goes on my tab. If things blow up again, they are still on my tab, not on the states since they are no longer employed. This is hurting the working class and small business. It's not helping us reopening. Yeah, the, this is this is to stop people from being able to seek the help that so many people need right now. Um, I, I don't think it is any sort of magnanimous move to quote unquote open the country back up or open the state of Georgia back up or or even worse, what's happening with Florida um, opening the beaches back up and the immediate spike in uh, cases. That happened right after. Not a mistake, not an accident. Definitely, uh, definitely related. Uh, I, I do feel like it's it's a very craven move right now. Um, I absolutely don't want folks like Tony Khan or Cody or the Bucks or any of those guys uh, tied up in in a move that craven. So I, I really, really hope that they reconsider this. Uh, you know, especially like Adam Page, who's been on the forefront of like wash your fucking hands and please stay home you know well well before a lot of people in the industry were like that and it's and again to me it's like i again not to be political but it's the people with money who are going to be fine no matter what saying we don't care about the people who don't have money it's it's as simple as that in a lot of cases if AEW comes back and says, you know, it's TNT, we have to do this to keep our TV deal, the cons are loaded, loaded with money. They could very easily pay TNT their differential and make it back down the road. Yeah. Make no mistake, this is my show. We can get as political as we fucking want. Um, True. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. I A lot of the talk you hear about open everything back up, open everything back up is – Rich people panicking because they're not profiting off of poor people right now um, or not nearly as much as they normally would. So that leads us to our final topic. The World Wide Wrestling Federation. Yeah. So I normally keep a pretty even keel. Fuck them. this stuff. 
Fuck um, and I'm going to ask for your indulgence because I'm probably just going to talk for the next few minutes uninterrupted about this. Go for uh, it. This is a very personal thing to me. This um, has affected several people I you know, care about and I am have been or will be working with in some capacity. Uh, yeah, so for those that are not aware, and if you're listening to this show, I'm going to assume you're aware, uh, they let 30-plus performers go from across the system, um, and most all of them, I think all of the actual performers were released, uh, including uh, producer Kurt Angle, um, the he was the only of uh, one of the producers or agents uh, that was released. I believe the rest were furloughed. They were other folks who were furloughed. Tons of uh, people behind the scenes, you know, those those in production, uh, which quite frankly make the shows happen and make the engine run, and have been you know the true backbone of that company and every big entertainment company. You know, going back to <laughs> the dawn of time, uh, the fact that they let those people go, and especially when the numbers came out at their quarterly meeting that even if they do not run another live show with a crowd for the rest of the year, that uh, World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated will have a record year in profits – and will eclipse any other year prior, all while spending, you know, conceivably two-thirds of the year dark for live events. It's fucking disgusting. Um, the, I, the timing of a $18.5 million donation for the Super PAC that uh, Linda McMahon runs for Donald Trump and then the very Republican governor of Florida proclaiming them to be an essential business, quote-unquote, and giving them letters to give to their staff to continue traveling to these shows and to resume live shows, albeit at the Performance Center. Um, convenient doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of that. And the biggest thing that I have a problem with is, yeah, if they have all this money and they're resuming this, it's bad enough that they're making these people uh, travel. It's bad enough that they've convinced uh, large sections of their fan base that somebody like uh, Roman Reigns, who is immunocompromised, should be made to feel bad for putting his family first. This is a man that has beaten cancer twice but is still immunocompromised and just found out he is about to have twins he's about to have new children with his wife he put his family first probably a first for any top guy in the history of that company going all the way back to bruno san martino and buddy rogers and hulk hogan steve austin the, the whole thing for anybody that made him feel less than for pulling out of a wrestlemania main event in front of no people and not making that trip because he decided his family was more important it's fucking disgusting it's endemic of the culture of the company at this point and the fact that you let so many of those talented people go people like fucking spud like drake maverick who I know from a fact 
from one to one would and have run through a fucking wall for that company to say that we don't need you anymore we're firing you but oh by the way continue to come in continue to risk your health continue to film angles for us and continue to put that on the line because we know you will because we know you work harder than any other motherfucker that has gone through this locker room in god knows how long and i'm sorry i know that covers a lot of ground and i'm not meaning to offend anybody but very personal feelings on this subject james fucking goes above and beyond and continues to do more with less than just about anybody I have ever come across to insult him and to make him continue to come in for bullshit for this storyline that you're running with to make people think that you're going to hire him back at the end of this like that is just gross and immoral and is endemic of the entire situation and the guys that you have thrown away because you stockpiled them because one man decided he was going to take all the toys and keep them from everybody else and keep these people from making a living elsewhere and all these other places and making the entire business, the entire culture of pro wrestling better by having them have those opportunities to make money and grow it outside of his walls. He couldn't fucking have that. And the fact that this continues and he let these guys go, but it's a drop in the bucket because he had 300 guys on his roster and to him it's no big deal it doesn't affect him he also shut down a fucking football league that never should have been reopened bankrupted it a lot of those people are filing wrongful termination suits including the goddamn commissioner because they're not going to get paid otherwise and he waltzes right in and cuts all these people cuts 10 percent depending on the numbers you look at of the actual in-ring performers in a 24 to 36 hour period it's fucking gross and it's just absolutely unconscionable but why any of us should expect better from a man who on public record in a paper nearly 40 years ago said i'm a garbage peddler nobody cares what i do when he covered up the murder of linda argentino by jimmy snooker why should anybody be surprised by the actions of this man yet people continue to be surprised i i it's beyond me it's been beyond me now it is beyond the pale it is affecting good people it affects people that work hard that have put in time in that company had built their lives revolving around working for that company and putting it first despite being kicked down the stairs over and over and over again people like spud and EC3, and Kurt Hawkins, and Zack Ryder, and I could go on and on and on. But it's fucking unconscionable. And the worst part of the entire thing is the people that continue to defend it. The people that are out there with a straight face that go, well, what were they supposed to do? What you're supposed to do in a fucking pandemic is not fire 30 of your performers and then probably another 50 plus of your people behind the scenes and put them out on the street. When you're going to make the highest profits year over year that you've ever made because you signed a giant deal with Fox and you, rec and you recently re-signed a giant television deal with USA 
to have the fucking scrotum to look at the public, to look at your investors and say, this is what we had to do. Is evil. I, I can't think of another adjective that describes it. It is evil. It is immoral. It is craven. It is disgusting. And the fact that I and put this much time into talking about this company after doing this makes me fucking sick. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. If, if you're still defending them, maybe this is the time you need to take a look inside yourself and discuss as to why. Because we've already been beyond the pale with this. You know, I've already talked at length. And I know people were tired of hearing me talk about it, why I don't cover WWE on this show. And props to other people who have stopped covering WWE as well. I want to give a special shout out to a queen of the ring who left her regular reviewing gig for SmackDown at Wrestling with Regret. Love the folks over at Wrestling with Regret. Hope to see them again at, at sometime soon. Have enjoyed working with them. I, you know, not to go too far inside i sent her a message and i said hey i'm really proud of you for standing up for this for for making this call i know it's not a popular call but honestly with everybody being at home this is the time to look inside yourself places like this only continue to function and continue to think they can get away with these things because of the money you put into them the only vote that counts is your dollar and I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money, especially not at a time like this. But I can't in good conscience think of giving them money for their network or for anything like that and for them to put people out on the street in the manner that they have in the midst of a record year where they never have to worry about putting another ass in another seat before January 1st. Are you fucking kidding me? And I, I, something that has has really frustrated me. Obviously, you've you've touched on all of it, but now is at what point does the roster say, you know, we're tired of seeing our friends treated this way? At what point do people realize that signing with WWE isn't the only move? Because guess what? Even since the advent of AEW. There have been independent talents who have made the choice to go to WWE, and if that's them chasing their dream that they had when they were a kid or whatever it is, I get it. You know me, Jack. I stuck two years of my life into a company ble literally bleeding, sweating, and crying that fuck, I had to quit because I was so disgusted with them morally, and I get it. Like I said, there's a dream that you're chasing, and I understand it, and – if you sign that contract, you have to know in your heart of hearts, in the places deep down inside of you, that you don't talk about at parties, that you don't talk about at the family dinners that you do get to go to, that you are enabling that system. And like, it tears me up because I have friends that are in that system. I have people that I love very dearly that have worked there and have left of their own volition or left for other reasons or whatever it is. I will never give Vince McMahon a dollar. Never in a million years will he get another dollar out of my pocket. 
do you know what? And it's hard because my friends that are there, I want to support them because they're my friends and I love them, but they have made this bed that they are now lying in. And it is, it's like you said, it's unconscionable to me because I know Spud very, or I know Spud well. I know Spud from WrestleMania weekend in Dallas. We met on, we met through Becky Bayless. Actually, um, we had some interesting conversations. He went so far as to think that he had said something that had upset me. It had not. I hadn't even thought twice about it. But he went out of his way to get my phone number from Becky Bayless, which is a weird thing to tell 2007 me, and text <laughs> and and text me and say, "Hey, this is this is Spud." Um, I'm sorry if you took any of that the wrong way. I was like, not at all. You know, I had a knife pulled on me several years ago and had all the money I had to my name stolen from me that as I was getting out of an ATM to go pay bills and go to a check cashing place to give them the money that I owed them. And when he heard about it, he sent me a couple bucks. He said, I'm sorry you went through this. I hope this helps. And then he got signed by WWE. And I was so happy for him because he's one of the most true blue good as it gets human beings that I have ever known. Sure, my liver still hurts from time to time when I think about that night in Dallas, but whatever. Like, it's fine to see him do this. And if the angle is that he was never really fired and that that he's just still under contract, it's even more gross because then you did that knowing full well that that's that's not what's happening to all these other people like Mike Bennett, like EC3. Um... Like all these people, hell, half the people that they did this with, I had never even heard of because they Maria were. Maria Bennett was on maternity leave. That's right, she was. And it's it's just it's gross and it's unconscionable. And I'm not an advocate for piracy, but guess what? If you want to watch the shows and not give them money, there's ways to do it. I will show you myself. Don't do that to good companies. Do it to the evil ones. And it's – we're now at a point where, like you talked about AEW before, they shouldn't be doing tapings, yada, 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 etc. But if AEW is going to show that the, that the almighty dollar matters more as well, it's going to hurt me because I've – you and I have on this very show had it out about my misgivings and my – uncertainty about what AEW is going to be. And it's very much a case of this is why I love the independence because I know who I'm giving my money to. I will give my money to John Thorne of AIW 10 times out of 10. I will give my money to independent wrestlers like Marcus Crane. I will give my money to people who time and time again show me that they're working to make things better. Do you know why I love AIW so much? Because it's special. There is a roster there that has some names you see other places, but their school churns out incredible talent, and they do incredible shows. And I will give them money every chance I get. There is companies like Chikara, who I have my misgivings about, but my some of my best friends on this planet work for or have worked for Chikara and I will always support them for that. And there is so and remember the first time I came on when I went on my tirade about fuck Gabe, fuck Sal, and also still fuck both of those motherfuckers because they're right in the pocket of Vince too. And I said there's great alternatives out there. Guess what? 
there's even more alternatives now. There's Black Label Pro. There's AIW. There's just, there's all these companies. There's Chikara. There's even Ring of Honor now. In what world is Sinclair Broadcasting the most morally upright? Um, yeah. It, <laughs> I And I, you know, selfishly because of uh, the people that I've worked with um, – and when I've worked with them, I have to think that it's those people being put in positions to make change within that company that has made that change possible. So don't tell me that good people put in positions to make change can't make a difference because we're already seeing it there. Um, again, I want to go back and I do want to show some love to Black Label Pro. Um, man, Mikey and Jess uh, – two of the really good good people in the wrestling business um and i cannot wait to see them both again uh and to compliment mike on his new quarantine mohawk hopefully sooner it's so beautiful rather i love than it later it is chuck liddell levels of awesome <laughs> i love it uh and, and i think it's yeah. also worth pointing out too is that while impact did two empty arena tapings I know from a number of people that worked there that phone calls were made and impact said, are you willing to work? And it was, no one was forced. I can say that with almost a hundred percent certainty that no one was forced. And the people that went out there and chose to work, did it to provide some entertainment for fans. And I have the utmost respect for that. I also know people on that roster who said, no, and they were not docked pay. There was no hard feelings. Everything was copacetic. It was handled incredibly professionally. And I would like to publicly say good on them. One of my dear friends runs a social media for Impact. He's a lovely human being. Um, they have continued to take care of him in spite of them not running shows for the most part currently. Um, and it's it's indicative to me that like you said, good people can make change. Jonathan Gresham made a point to me that he wants to make wrestling better than he found it. And I've said that on this show thousands of times, that that's what I want to do. That's what Fully Gimmicked wants to do. And that's why I work for them. There is this level of... There's a level of understanding that I have, again, for people who want the WWE thing, they put their head down, they go to work, they make their money, they get out. I get it because WWE's the big game in town. And like some of those guys, that's their dream. I'm not going to fault you for chasing a dream, but when you watch your friends get fired and you watch your friends who are on maternity leave lose their lose their income, then you have to look in the mirror. Like right now. Now is the time. And if you're going to be someone like Tyler Black, Seth Rollins, whatever, Colby Lopez, whatever the fuck you want to call him, who's going to sit there and lick boots, he can go fuck himself. He tried to say he tried to defend himself and say, no, he cares about the whole industry. You know who's done more for the industry than him? Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler has been going around buying people's independent wrestlers shirts and supporting them financially. And and I am not the biggest Dolph Ziggler guy. Never have been. But that was a that was something that he did that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Sean Spears, I just saw say on Twitter, yes. he's going to be doing it as well. He already and, started. Did he already start? Okay, I know he said he was looking for where who to buy from. I uh, I selfishly plugged fully gimmicked as well. And and my reply to that, but there is 
we as human beings have a responsibility to like be decent to each other, right? Like I'm not saying you need to go and spend your whole paycheck on Dan Housen's big cartel, but I am saying that you can just hit the retweet button and support them. Do you know how frustrating it is to work with someone and then, and make them a shirt or make them merch and then they promote another website instead of your own after you put your blood, sweat and tears into it fucking sucks. Like, absolutely. It's, it's disheartening because again, I have friends in the WWE system. I will not, it does. My love for them does not change because I love them. And like, I'm, you would never betray one of your friends like that because they're chasing the dream. I'm never going to fault them, but I hope they would use this as their opportunity to take a stand and try and improve things even a little bit. It's like I said, impact and ring of honor have done this right. It's, do you want to work? Are you willing to come here and do this? You are awesome. Let's make it happen. The impact show the other day was fucking awesome. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I haven't, honestly. So, it was a ton uh, of fun. That that might have to be next on the list. Uh, I really, there's not much more we can say about this. Uh, already, that was the loudest and the angriest I've been in a hundred plus episodes on this show. Uh, But now would be a good time to think about unionizing, ladies and gentlemen. At the product DS on Twitter, at We The Independent. I'm wearing my We The Independent shirt right now, and I'm probably going to go and text Mr. Starr and ask him how I can contribute to to another fund to unionize. Yep, and uh, this would be about the point that... uh, I I would uh, like to have a uh, have a chat with him. It's been too long uh, since the last time we uh, we crossed paths. So um, I hope that he's doing well. Uh, I hope that somebody's done something about the piece of shit landlord that he has, uh, and the, the piece of shit landlords that are all over the place that are causing uh, good schools like the OTT school and Santino Brothers school to close. Um, really looking out for one another. And uh, banding together is our best defense right now in uncertain times. I recommend you do it. Look out for the person on your left. Look out for the person on your right. And uh, look out for the person behind you. And I, really, that's that's about uh, that's about all I have left to say. And I mean, and again, if you don't, if you're someone who listens to the show and you don't know how to support independent wrestling, reach out to me, reach out to Jack, reach out to either of us at any given time. I'm sitting at home doing a fuck ton of nothing. Do you know how many Uncrustables I've eaten today? I don't know how many Uncrustables I've eaten today, but I guarantee you it's more than I fucking should have eaten today. Like, I'm just sitting here with my thumb up my ass doing what I can for my job, my freelancing, because there's no live events. I can't go out and promote and help sell and try and get new clients for our merch company. Like I, I, there's not a lot I can do. So if you want to help talk to me, I will happily point you in the right direction. If you would like to know where to point the middle finger, it's uh Stanford, Connecticut point it right there. Um, it's, there is, 
just I'm not going to fault you for watching their television. If you're if you're a wrestling, if you're the casual mom and dad, son and daughter who sit down, they turn on Monday Night Raw and they have no idea like what goes on in the inner workings of wrestling. No one's mad at you. No one is mad at you at all for doing what you do with your family. But know this. There will come a time where it will all become much more well known. And that will be when you need to figure out where you stand. So, um, in closing, I'm reminded of a quote from Dropkick Murphys, uh, a band that I grew up seeing a lot uh, where I grew up. Oh, workers, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. Will you be a lousy scab or will you be a man? Which side are you on? So with that, I am going to do a incredibly long ad roll right now so that you can be aware of some places where if you have some uh, dollars left over and want to help out people who could sure use the help currently, you can direct it to them. Uh, Black Label Pro, IWTV, uh, Lapel Yeah. Um, would highly recommend uh, frequenting the stores and buying the merch of people like Warhorse, Epi, Danhausen, uh, recently released wrestlers such as Rockstar Spud, EC3, Matt Cardona, uh, Kurt Hawkins, uh, Mike and Maria Bennett, definitely, as especially with a new kid uh, who... I guess just had had the checkup and is doing great. Um, a number of people who have just lost their gigs. Uh, the Revival. Um, the Good Brothers. Uh, the list goes on and on. Just uh, do your part and help support these people who are not making money right now because they're not getting bookings right now. Um, and just watch out for one another. In the meantime... Uh, questions, concerns, hate mail, or just a follow. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jack Heartless, at Instagram at Captain Jack Heartless, uh, where I have taken to just posting photos of my cat or just random ridiculous outfits I am wearing in my house and nowhere else because I can't go anywhere. Uh, where can people find you in the meantime? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Lumberjew, Instagram at the Lumberjew, Twitch.tv slash the Lumberjew. Uh, you can find me on PayPal. Uh, you can find me on Cash App. You can find me on Venmo. Uh, you can find me just about anywhere there is ways to give me money or ways to talk to me. I am available. Um, I would also like you to support my the company that I work for and I'm the social media coordinator for, Fully Gimmicked. We make really weird merch. Like, we have pogs. We make Effie prayer candles. We have shirts that say Effie beats children. We have all kinds of shenanigans over at FullyGimmicked.com. We will make merch for you. Do you just want to send us a pair of gym shorts and have us print the words Captain Ravioli on them? Because that's what my girlfriend is doing because she's an insane person. Um... You, 
And if you do ever see my girlfriend and I out in public, if we're at wrestling shows and you see us, you can walk up to her and you can call her Simba. You don't need to know why. Just do it. It'll be funny. (laughs) If you know why, it's even funnier. But I digress. There is any number of things that you can do to support wrestling fully gimmicked. We we print to order. So if so, if you hit us up and you say, hey, I really like this shirt. But could you do the vinyl in a different color? Maybe we can. We make custom snapbacks, um, which I'm making one for Jack Heartless here in the very near future. We have all kinds of stuff that we can do. And that's not to undersell Lapel Yeah. Lapel Yeah does great stuff. Support Pollyanna. Support Threshold. Support all of these great companies doing great things. Because at the end of the day, yes, AEW and WWE are kind of being fuck asses. But... There are companies doing good that you can support that I will happily point you in the direction of. And with that, uh, we will hopefully be back soon. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Um, Wash your hands, look out for each other, and keep safe. It's important to practice good hygiene At least if you wanna run with my team I'm about to get into some that I've seen This fool's breath on me so that'll melt your ice cream They say don't say nothing if you can't say nice things Sitting too close to him on board like my ice sting I tried to be subtle, hand him a stick of gum I was a victim of breath on him Running his yap about what set he from Gotta get some gum, gotta get him some He turned it down, his teeth was brown Excruciating foreign, it was a new sensation I had to ask the dope to pass the soap Cause his coat had to stitch the crustaceans Or bathrooms in the bus station He had a can of O.E. and some raisins Amazing, head to Tobio, he didn't know Used to the fragrance, just as the days went without bathing He felt manly and not like a maiden He had one dread and fungus Said he worked on people's toilets with plungers Girls, not the guy you would want to tongue, yeah So guys, take your cue from this little number You gotta wash your if you must You gotta wash your hair if you must You gotta wash your teeth if you must Or else you'll be fine